Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and literally around the world, this is another episode with your host, David J. Harris Jr. And friends, it's still with a sad, heavy, and torn heart that we are now witnessing the absolute disgrace of the memory of George Floyd. It is just truly a travesty what is taking place in so many cities around the country right now. Cleveland, Los Angeles, Minneapolis are cities that are burning, but I do not think that they are burning and that those stores are being rioted upon and being absolutely destroyed because of good-hearted, well-meaning Americans that just want to protest what happened to George. No, I don't believe so. And I'm going to show you in this episode today exactly why I believe that. Thank you so much for choosing to join me on Facebook. They're being nice to me. Thank you. Please hit the share button right now. It goes a long way. Hit the share button. Hopefully somebody that has been drenched in drinking the liberal mainstream media Kool-Aid wakes up from something that they see today. Retweet on Twitter, please. Thank you. And YouTube, all my YouTube fans, thank you so much. And if you're listening to me by my podcast, thank you so much for being a subscriber to the David J. Harris Jr. Podcast. Please share this episode with 10, 15, 20 friends. Help me spread the word about the truth of what I believe is really going on behind the scenes that most of the mainstream media outlets don't want to share. And if you're not subscribed yet, please subscribe to the David J. Harris Jr. Show on your favorite podcast platform. All right, let's get into the news today, friends. We're seeing it all over. Pretty much every news channel is talking about it. It's how they're talking about it that is very interesting to me. I want to show you a clip in just a minute. But this right here is just one example of something that is absolutely, I do not believe, being conducted, being led by the individuals, the residents of their own city. This is the third precinct, uh, uh, the police precinct in Minneapolis being burned to the ground. This is the third precinct. There's a fire started. Precinct is on fire, and right here, Minnehaha liquor is on fire as well. People are shooting off fireworks to celebrate. I have a question Where did all these residents get fireworks? How in the world did these residents just happen to have fireworks? to celebrate burning down businesses and a police precinct that I'm sure for the most part, most of the individual officers are actually out there to protect and serve. George, uh, the guy that, uh, George that, that died at the hands of Derek Chauvin, uh, Derek and those other officers are absolutely a disgrace to badge. They do not represent all police officers, but the fact that they had fireworks Friends, we've got to read between the lines and understand that there's something else very sinister going on right now. Can we forget? We can, can we not forget that it seems like every time something is happening in the political world, that a, a riot of some sort seems to take place? 
Now, thank God we don't have a liberal like Obama in the White House because he just used that and spoke about the riots, the devastation to businesses like the local mayor, the, the governor of Minneapolis is. Oh, they're protesting. We need to support them. Absolute nonsense. You want to support anarchy? Are you kidding me? What are these people smoking? It really makes me wonder. Well, this right here also makes me wonder exactly what's going on. Um, this is the article that I wanted to show you guys. This right here, Minneapolis riders breach police station live stream from inside as the building goes up in flames. Riders in Minneapolis infiltrated a police precinct in the city and burned it down. They live streamed their actions from inside the building. The protesters have been riding for three days now, three days now. And the governor of the state has called out the National Guard to end the riots since their police department apparently refuses to stand up to those who are rioting and burning buildings and looting. We cannot forget that it is a Democrat-controlled city, area, state. The mayor, the governor, they're all Democrats. They've got an agenda. When the rioters made their way inside the building, the police evacuated the building and allowed the rioters to loot the building before setting it on fire. You just saw the video on that. It definitely makes you wonder exactly who is really at fault here. What's really going on behind the scenes? What is really taking place? Well, I also don't think that... Uh, the narrative that they're pushing right now, uh, initially, the investigator, the federal investigator that that came out on TV and basically said, well, we not, we're not sure if there's anything uh, that, that's criminal. Yeah, he said this. He created quite the stir by suggesting that there was nothing criminal about that officer with his knee on George's neck for almost eight minutes. In the video I saw, I timed it. It was It started out his knee was on his neck. And it was just about before the eight-minute mark before he took his knee off of George. And that led to the end of George's life. Well, the prosecutor of Floyd death investigation said there's evidence that does not support a criminal charge. Are you kidding me? If, if it goes down that there's not criminal charges against all four of those officers, I know we'll see the president step in. We'll see the attorney general, uh, Bill Barr, step in. On Thursday, Michael Freeman, the uh, Hennepin County attorney investigating the involvement of Minneapolis law enforcement officers, said the death of George Floyd stated that some evidence in the case does not support criminal charges against the cops. You've got to be stinking kidding me. Tell me there's not something else at play here. Tell me they don't want riots in the streets so they can hang, at, hang that and pin it on our president. Through the through the division of all of us Americans, that video is graphic and horrific and terrible, and no person should do that. Freeman said in a press conference. But my job, in the end, is to be prove that he violated a criminal statute. And there's evidence. There's other evidence that does not support a criminal charge. Well, uh, we've seen the video. It's in the article. If you haven't seen it already, please share it. There must have been some really magical evidence that popped up because the world saw the video that went viral, where the officer was kneeling on Floyd's neck for close to eight minutes. But wait, what's this? After the sheer chaos his statement caused, Freeman is now saying he was misinterpreted. Yeah, you better say that. I don't know how you can misinterpret what he said. But uh, shortly after Freeman's statement, the Minnesota prosecutor's office issued clarification concerning his press conference, stating that it's critical to review all the evidence. In a separate statement, Erica McDonald, the U.S. attorney of the District of Minnesota, said her agency is probing whether or not the police officers committed any federal violations 
and she goes on to spout and, t and talk about excessive force. I, I think it's pretty clear to all of us that excessive force was used. But why in the world would the investigator come out and suggest such an absolute travesty uh, when we've all seen the video? You know, there's been some good-hearted Americans that have tried to bring some order, their own order, to the chaos that's taking place in Minneapolis. And they're not being, uh, they're not being challenged. And here's why. So, tell me who you are. Well, I mean, free Americans, yeah. And what so, are you doing today? Uh, we were out here yesterday, too, uh, down on the original protest site. So basically, you've seen the records that cops keep. And cops are a lot less likely to try and tread on people's rights when there's other armed Americans with them. So we figured it's about damn time that some, or at least I figure that it's about damn time some heavily armed rednecks stood with fellow citizens. And why are you protecting this store? Well, I mean, this wasn't exactly a yeah, specimen action. We, we need to get tobacco, of, so well, we just kind of ended up here. We, we've been moving around and just trying to see what see what's what without getting necessarily completely slapped by massive groups of people. And uh, while we were walking, somebody mentioned that there were some guys at the back of the house who wanted to know if they were over to go buy something. And uh, they said that they're they're closed and they're defending their businesses. Oh, yeah, Target's on fire, yeah. by the way. Well, thank you to the Americans that do appreciate the Second Amendment rights that we hold dear. I don't think that there would be any guns blazing. I don't think anybody would get shot. However, I do not think that these protesters that I believe are paid are willing to go up against a good guy with a gun. Just one more reason we need to all be thankful that we do have the Second Amendment, something that Democrats would love to take away from all of us if they were given the opportunity. So... Here's, here's where I'm going to lead this back to, friends. We cannot forget that it's been out in the open that George Soros has funded Antifa groups, chaos groups, chaos-creating agents. It, it's been all over the news. We cannot forget that. And I absolutely believe that he is behind this as well. Friendly reminder, Soros funded violent Ferguson protest movement and paid Black Lives Matter protesters. There's actually a video my sister Candace Owens shared. I know we don't, we haven't lined up on everything during this current uh, crisis, but uh, she's still my sister. We're on the same fight. She shared a video on Twitter where it shows a whole bunch of Antifa chanting, where's our money, George Soros? Well, here it is in print as well. I don't know how many of you are aware of it, but George Soros Open Society laid out $650,000 to Black Lives Matter to fund the Ferguson riots in the Washington Times says that Soros paid out $33 million to groups who were emboldening Black Lives Matter. Yeah, these protests that we're seeing on our airwaves, it's just one more opportunity to try to program us and drive more of a wedge between all Americans saying, oh, there's a whole lot of black folks that are upset. Most of these protesters are paid. Most of them are white. I wonder if he's also subsidizing the riots in Minneapolis and other cities where Black Lives Matter are protesting and causing maximum damage to those areas where the riots are occurring. I believe that he is. I don't think there's any way his fingerprints aren't all, all over this. I think we might learn more about it the further that we go. Soros is not dumb, though. He never gives money directly to the radicals. He, he tries to maintain one or two steps degrees, one or two degrees of separation. The money goes from group to group, and the final group doles out the cash. And here's your proof. Here it is. This tweet went out. Paid people. The organized Zemo paid people to protest in Ferguson, hashtagging Black Lives Matter. Here's the movement support fund. 
Organization for Black Struggle, OBS, and Missourians Organizing for Reform and Empowerment are pleased to offer travel funding for individuals, for individuals and grassroots groups that are working to advocate for police accountability and black lives. A fixed sum of $20,000 has been set aside for this initiative. And there's a roster of people that are signed up. Folks, we have to understand exactly what's going on. We cannot be led astray by the mainstream media, by individuals that just want to continue to try to drive a wedge between good-hearted American people. I truly believe that racism is not as big of an issue as the mainstream media would purport it to be, although it is obviously an issue. When a cop can get away, can do what he did, and he better not get away with it, but the fact that it even happened is truly disgusting. And then we have this. This was absolutely uh, just dumbfounded me. I, I don't want to go down a rabbit troll, although I, a rabbit hole on this, although I do have my own opinions on it. It has now come to light that a former bar owner says that George Floyd and Derek Chauvin worked at the same club at the same time. Yeah. Where does that lead you? Maya Santamaria, who owned the El Nueve Rodeo Club for almost 20 years, said that George Floyd and Derek Chauvin both worked for her at the same time. Since they, since they worked overlapping shifts, there's a good chance that they knew each other, but we don't know for sure. There's a full article here. I've got the video. Let's check this out right here. Jackie, to be clear, while Maya Santa Maria says the two men worked for her as recently as last year, she says she does not know if Derek Chauvin and George Floyd ever actually spoke to each other. The first time she saw this video, Maya Santa Maria says it took her a moment to make the connection. My friend sent me and said, this is your guy, the guy who used to work for you, and I could say it's not him, and then they did the close-up. And that's when I said, oh my God, that's him. She says now former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin worked security for her at El Nuevo Rodeo for 17 years before she sold the club just months ago. He sometimes he sometimes had a real short fuse and he seemed just, uh, afraid. When there was an altercation, he <clears throat> always resorted to pulling out his mace and, and pepper spraying everybody right away, even when I felt it was unwarranted. Even more surreal, Santa Maria says, is that George Floyd, the man pinned under Chauvin's knee on Monday night worked for her too. I didn't recognize George as one of our security guy guards because he looked really different lying there like that. And it wasn't until I saw the pictures of him come up then it snapped and, and one of my employees said, look Maya, he, he worked for us. Both men who worked security for the same club before their final encounter that left one dead and the other at the center of national outrage. Are you kidding me? How could they not know each other? Was there something, something already pending, trending between these two? You think if they knew each other, worked at the same club, if they were friends, if they knew each, even knew each other, there would be some kind of mutual respect unless there was an underlining disdain between the two. Is there something else sinister going on behind the scenes? I don't know. I'll leave that up to you and, and whatever your thoughts and hopefully whatever the truth brings out. But it sure is quite a coincidence. And I guess I'll just have to leave it at that. They are taking people off or going down too many rabbit holes, and I don't want to do that. I want to continue to bring you the news that I get to bring you. And I'm so appreciative for the opportunity to bring you the news. And then we had this bombshell. This right here, you know, George Floyd should have never, George Floyd should have never 
died because that cop, Derek, should have never been on the force. And who do we have to potentially think that he was still on the force, able to dole out this deadly violence, this murderous rage? That's exactly what it is, in my opinion. He knew exactly what he was doing. Well, we've got a Democrat to thank. That Democrat being somebody that would like to become Biden's vice president, Amy Klobuchar. In 2006, Amy Klobuchar refused to prosecute a police officer that killed a man. That police officer is the same man that killed George Floyd. George Floyd could still be alive today, friends, if Amy Klobuchar had prosecuted Derek Chauvin after he shot and killed a Native American, but she refused to charge him with the killing. There is from the Gravel Institute breaking down exactly uh, the truth of of the matter. It's been verified. During Officer Derek Chauvin's 20-year career, he had 10 complaints filed against him. Minneapolis Communities United Against Police Brutality has an archive of officers who have been accused of police brutality, but obviously he was not disciplined for any of his actions. And the current DA in the the county is saying that there's evidence that does not support charging the officer. Well, I covered that they're changing their story on that now. This should kill any chance whatsoever that Klobuchar has of becoming Joe Biden's running mate. During her time as prosecutor, Klobuchar declined to charge several officers accused of police brutality. Friends, this is exactly what I was shared in one of my videos. We need the police to be able to police themselves, but we need the police departments, the chiefs, to hold their officers accountable. Why can somebody get so many complaints for police brutality and nothing be done about it? That system is broken. That's what needs to change. And we, the American people, need to to demand that it changes for us to start to have any kind of confidence in our law enforcement officers as a whole again. I again I'll share I've shared it over and over again. I believe most officers are good, well-meaning individuals that want to protect and serve, truly protect and serve. I shared a video this morning from uh, a lieutenant also called Coach Mike that shared a story of how he grew up watching TV and seeing the police and felt good. Felt like he wanted to become a police officer to help and serve his community. And then his continual run-ins with his local police, treating him like a criminal, thwarted, stepped on, stomped all over that dream he had to protect and serve his community until a good cop reached out to him, befriended him, played basketball with him, invited him to the precinct to play basketball with other officers, and encouraged him to take the test. Coach Mike did that. He's one of the good guys out there. Thank you, Coach Mike, for serving your community and for being courageous enough to speak out against the absolute just travesty just it's just it's just insane the insanity that took place against George we need more officers to do that and be courageous and we need officers to hold their their fellow officers accountable when they understand that there's been police brutality going on behind the scenes that is exactly what we need and Amy Klobuchar hopefully Americans wake up and understand She's a Democrat, one running for the second highest office in this country. You want to get partisan? George Floyd lived in a Democrat-controlled area, black chief, a Democrat mayor, and a Democrat governor. And those politicians right now are praising what I believe are Soros-funded rioters. How in the world does that do any good for America? I truly don't believe it does.
Well, friends, right now I'm going to give a little a little plug to uh, my skincare. This is a free plug because my skincare, I absolutely love it. Uh, I've been using the facial cleaner, the toner. I'm on TV all the time. I'm bringing you a show. I want to look good. Hey, I'm 44 years old. I want to I want to try to look as good as I can for as long as I can. Is that is that hard? Is that hard to understand? I think there's a lot of people out there, men and women, obviously, that want to look good and want to look as good as they can for as long as they can. It's important to take care of your skin. It's the largest organ that we have on our body, and our face is always shown everywhere we go. Well, this plug is for my daughter's skincare line. My daughter's skincare line is the best I've ever tried, and I've tried several throughout my years on this earth. It's an amazing lineup of products, and she just today is trying to hit a bonus. Yes, this is a selfish plug, a selfless plug for my daughter, Corbin. She's trying to hit a bonus, and she needs some orders. So if you are looking for a good, I mean, not even good, it's great. The standards that they hold these skin products to are beyond anything that the United States standards uh, currently allow. They allow a lot of crap into our facial products. And what my daughter's company uh, produces are top of the line, absolutely amazing. I love them. You'll love them too. Click the link. It's in the description of this video. Click the link, check out what she's got, and place an order today. Maybe you don't want to go to stores right now. Maybe you can't go to stores right now. Maybe you need something different for your face. They've got amazing products. I know you'll love them. And it'd be a great way to support my daughter, Corbin, on her journey in her own business. Uh, she's truly an amazing blessing to me. So click the link and give her products a try after this show. All right, let's get into the rest of our news here. I'm going to jump back down to one more thing on these protesters. This is Van Jones. We don't agree on a lot of things. But on this, I think he hit the nail on the head. What do you think about what Van Jones is talking about when it comes to white liberals? They're tired of people saying over and over again that, uh, uh, you know, we're just basically one bill away or one election away from some progress. It's not the racist white person who's in the Ku Klux Klan that we have to worry about. It's the white liberal Hillary Clinton supporter walking her dog in Central Park who would tell you right now, she, you know, she, people like that, oh, I don't see race. Race is no deal to me. I see us all as the same. I give to charities. But the minute she sees a black man who she does not uh, uh, respect or who she has a slight thought against, she weaponized race like she had been trained by the Aryan nation. A Klan's member could not have been better trained to pick up the police and pick up the, her phone and tell the police it's a black man, African-American man, come get him. So even the most liberal, well-intentioned white person has a. Wow. Are you kidding me? <laughs> On CNN. Isn't that who's watching CNN? Are mostly white liberals? <laughs> I don't know if Van Jones is going to keep his job with CNN for much longer after calling out his entire base of people watching CNN. And what does that do to the black community? That's another way to drive division between the black community. But hopefully it, it, it hopefully it drives a wedge between the black community and liberals. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I truly believe liberalism is a mental disorder, friends. There's something wrong inside of an individual's mind. He's talking about the video that went viral of the white lady that immediately wanted to point out and call the police because the guy recording her because her dog was on a leash was black. Immediately made it a black thing. Van Jones did a great thing by pointing out that was a Hillary Clinton supporter. Friends, 
And unfortunately, there's a whole lot of Americans that have their heads in places that do not shine and smell, and they don't even know it. Yet they think they're holier than thou and they're above everything else. Hopefully, if you're one of them, you're waking up when you're watching this. Thank you, Van Jones, for actually speaking the truth and telling us all what what a real issue is in our country. I've said it already. I'm not going to say it again. (laughs) All right, let's get over to Twitter. There's some other news going on. There's some breaking news. I covered some of it yesterday. There's uh, the, the president signed the executive order to stop social media censorship. That's huge. It goes a long way. Hopefully, it'll go a long way to help level the playing field for those of us out here that are trying to create something for you to appreciate that's not the mainstream media Kool-Aid that we've all been digesting for decades that's gotten so bad. They're open about their liberal bias. They hate the president, and it's disgusting to watch. So for those of us that have tried to create content that give you something to watch, that have been decimated or deplatformed, what the president did is absolutely brilliant. They're, they're now, Twitter is literally taking on the president of the United States. They fact-checked him, and just this morning he tweeted something, and they said, well, we're not going to say this is fake, but we're not going to allow anybody to comment or like it or retweet it. Absolutely disgusting. Well, Matt Gates has stepped up and said, Twitter is interfering with an election. That's exactly what it, what it is. It's election interference, friends. I'll be filing a complaint with the Federal Election Commit- Commission. And we're thankful that he does that. Rep. Matt Gates is not a wallflower, nor is he the type of man to bluff and then back down. So if he says he's filing with the FEC, he will file a complaint with the FEC. He is filing on the grounds that Twitter is interfering in the election. In 2016 and in 2018, social media played a huge role in trying to rig the elections. They failed in 16, lost in 18, although I think some seats we did lose in 18. But uh, with this election coming up, it's the most important of our lifetime. I truly agree, uh, believe that. With many states planning to cheat by using vote by mail, conservatives cannot roll over and let Twitter, Facebook, Google, and Instagram offer help by then censoring conservative voices and even pulling the Twitter accounts of Republican candidates. Matt Gates said, Big tech buys off Congress as so as to maintain special privileges that local newspapers and television stations do not enjoy. That's why the president's executive order today is one very important next step, because if we just wait around, big tech will steal this election from Donald Trump and us, the American people. I am so excited about that. And I wanted to play this clip. This right here is something that uh, uh, something that I believe and I'm going to have Jason on my show again. His case right now against FB is the only one that I know of that's in the Ninth Circuit. And the Ninth Circuit just passed down. They said they don't need to hear oral arguments. Jason's case is so strong that they're going to issue a ruling very soon. But here's what Attorney General William Barr, I meant to show you this yesterday. Here's what AG Barr actually shared that makes me believe that it's Jason's case that they're talking about. No, I, what I was referring to, there, there is litigation going on all the time on, on Section 230 and its scope. And we would look for appropriate vehicles to weigh in and file statement of interest. So you wouldn't be filing an individual? Okay, thank you. Oh, yeah, there is currently litigation taking place that they can issue uh, a special uh, letter of reference on. The Attorney General, who is the boss of the Ninth Circuit. It's A.G. Bill Barr. <laughs> so if he if he issues a letter, and if this is on Jason's case, folks, this case is worth 
potentially tens or even hundreds of billions of dollars. And it will set a precedence for every single other American that has been censored or had to deal with censorship on any big tech platform. I'm going to have him on my podcast very, very soon to break apart exactly what's taking place and how huge what the president did in signing this executive order into law against social media censorship. You're not going to want to miss that podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the David J. Harris Jr. podcast on your favorite podcast platform. All right, what else do we got here? We got the president that is absolutely just livid over Twitter and made the declaration that he will shut down Twitter if his lawyers can find a way. <laughs> I don't know why they want to continue to try to piss off the most powerful per- person in the world, but uh, they're trying to. This is this story is pure dynamite. President Trump says that he would shut down Twitter altogether if his lawyers can find a way to do it legally. Twitter is among the worst sites for liberal bias and has closed out accounts of the people they disagree with. My friend Laura Loomer is one of them. Uh, Educating liberals, Dylan Wheeler, he's another one. He had to restart a new page. At least they let him do that. The best way to get Twitter is to charge them with multiple charges of illegal campaign contributions through the portion of the payment in kind laws. The law states that any non-cash contributions cannot exceed the limit placed on campaign contributions. They have cut President Trump's reach by quite a lot. It's happened on Facebook, too. Which is worth, uh, what is that worth to the Biden campaign? That's a huge amount. It easily tops the $2,800 limit on contributions. It's going to be exciting and fun to see exactly where that goes. And let's go back to, uh, let's go back now to the election. Let's talk about that for a second. These Democrats, they want to continue to talk about the fact that uh, they believe that there's nothing wrong with, va- with mail-in voting. They think there's nothing wrong with it. Well, apparently the NAACP of all organizations, they've actually said, no, there's a huge problem with it. It's coming out from all sides right now. New Jersey NAACP demands an election do-over after possible mail-in voter fraud. It's actually definitely voter fraud. We just don't know which side the voter fraud occurred. There were 3,200 votes that were counted but not added to the official voting records. The votes were declared invalid because they believe the votes are fraudulent. The thing is, if those votes counted, it would have changed the results in four of the seven openings for the city council. Yeah, it's happening all the way down to the city level, friends. But the question is, where does that responsibility for the fraud lie? Will those ballots, were those ballots fraudulent or did the eventual winners withhold those 3,200 ballots for the Patterson, New Jersey election in order to get their approved candidates in office, we just don't know. It's just another case where when Twitter says, uh, oh, the president talks about mail-in voting and there's so much corruption that can potentially take place, and they say, oh, that's false, we just continue to hear stories of, about, uh, of how exactly accurate it actually is. And finally, and then I've got a video that I really want to show you as well that I think is just hilarious. You're not going to want to miss it. I think this is, uh, this is very timely. We can't forget there's so much happening in our world. We can't be just consumed with these riots. There's still business that has to be done and elections that have to be won this year. The DOJ is reviewing a trove of documents from very beginning of the Russia investigation for public release. Yes, the White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany confirmed on Thursday that there's a treasure trove of documents that have yet to be released to the public. It is said that many of the documents concern the spying on the Trump campaign. I really want to read all of those documents and see exactly how complicit 
and how many people were spied on underneath the Obama administration. Before the documents, uh, excuse me, before departing his role as the acting director of the DNI, Richard Grinnell declassified a large number of documents, all of them favorable to President Donald Trump. It exploded the myth about Russia, about Russia definitely hacked the DNC emails. The president of CrowdStrike says that they could not find any evidence that Russia was the culprit. In fact, they could not say if the emails were ever hacked, suggesting it might be an inside job. Before it was announced officially that the documents were released, conservative pundits claimed that there is dynamite in one of the documents that proved the entire Russia collusion hoax did not warrant an investigation into then-president candidate, presidential candidate Donald Trump or any of his campaign staff. The transcripts of General Flynn's phone calls to and from the Russian ambassador, Sergei Kislyak, Flynn's attorney, believes the transcripts will prove that they did not discuss sanctions as the fake news media have reported. What does all this mean? It means that the, the media is exactly that. They're fake news. They've been pushing propaganda. They, they lie to us on a daily basis, and they do not care. They are not for the American people. I truly believe they are the in enemy of the American people. And now just to tie off all this with these, you know, with what in the world is Biden going to do? So many people, Democrats have come out and said they believe Tara Reid, yet they're still going to vote for Biden. I've seen people say vote blue no matter who. They don't even care that somebody's been accused on multiple occasions of uh, misconduct and actual sexual assault against women, yet they're supposed to be those of the Me Too movement. So, you know, I was watching Chris Cuomo, who allowed virus-infected patients to go into nursing homes, causing massive deaths, taking out parent, people's grandparents. But wait, he needs to get the black vote. Could Cuomo be uh, who's going to replace Biden? Why in the world would somebody like Chris Rock hop on stage to give accolades to Chris Cuomo? Chris, I, uh, yes, thank you. You, I watch you every single day, and you, you bring me calm. You know, you bring me joy. Didn't Aretha, Anita Baker sing that? You bring me joy every single day, because I don't know what's going on. I thought I lived in the United States. I thought I lived in a country, and now I realize there, we have 50 countries, essentially. <laughs> Right now, we're in the country of New York. Right now, we're in the country of New York. Absolutely ridiculous, in my opinion. <laughs> Who can we pull out of the token crowd that sell out to the Democrat Party because of the lies about, of, of how Democrats are champions for the black community? Who can we pull out of nowhere to try to give Chris Cuomo some accolades? You bring me peace? Are you kidding me? How does, how does the, knowing that he allowed virus-infected patients into nursing homes, which are our most vulnerable population, bring you peace? Unless you're only watching the mainstream media's Kool-Aid. Then it all makes sense. Well, friends, that's why I am here to bring you the truth, to bring you the non-biased news, and to bring you the facts that I believe show that we all should support President Donald Trump for his re-election, as well as we need conservatives, true conservatives, taking the House. We need to keep the Senate. We need to keep this country on the right track in order for us to truly have four great years under President Donald Trump's leadership. God bless you, TGIF. Thank you so much for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with me. Please reshare, retweet, hit the share button right now. You never know which one of your friends or somebody else's friends 
may watch something, hear something that makes them go, hmm, and they'll do their own research. Maybe we'll have a whole bunch of new walkaway campaigns launched from my show. So God bless you. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Keep your head up and see between the lines. Understand there's some sinister stuff going on, but we will prevail. And I believe that we'll be more united than ever. God bless you. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.